Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Health IQ. They use science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health conscious people like runners, cyclists, strength trainers, and more. Health IQ can save customers up to 33% because physically active people have a 56% lower risk of heart disease, 20% lower risk of cancer, and a 58% lower risk of diabetes compared to people who are inactive. To see if you qualify, get your free quote today at healthiq.com slash HWS, or you can head over to podcast.healthywealthysmart.com and click on the Health IQ icon. So in today's episode, I'm so excited because I have my first Olympian. So I'm really, really excited to have James Roberts join me today in this episode. So James was born with a congenital disability called femoral dysplasia and a floating hip of the left leg as well as scoliosis of the spine. He grew up on a NATO base in Belgium, but now resides back in North Wales. He is an online training and nutrition coach by trade, but was an elite Paralympic athlete for just over a decade. He has been lucky enough over those years to have represented Great Britain at countless world championships and two Paralympic Games in Beijing in 2008 and London in 2012. And we talk a little bit about that and his journey in today's podcast. So like I said, we talk about his career as a multi-sport Paralympics athlete, and you'll, as you listen, you'll hear all the sports that he has done, how he bridges the gap between disability and fitness. So his online fitness and coaching business and in-person fitness coaching business centers on people with disabilities, and it is so needed. Uh, are people with disabilities underestimated? What do you think? And how he reaches his ideal clients through social media and so much more. This was a great interview. I'm really thankful to James for coming on and sharing his story and for helping to empower people with disabilities to do more. So this is a great episode. Thanks so much to James and thanks to Health IQ for sponsoring. Hey, James, welcome to the podcast. I'm happy to have you on. Thanks for having me on, Karen. Yes, and you're my first Olympian to ever be on the podcast. So this is quite a big deal for me and for the podcast. So again, I appreciate your taking the time out to come on and talk about what you're up to. Now, I sort of read your short bio in uh, the intro, but can you fill in some of the blanks for all of the listeners? Uh, well, Karen, first, first of all, um, I grew up in a military, if we got to go back to the very beginning now, uh, I grew up in a military environment. Uh, I, I believe that is probably one of the pro- proponents to why I kind of got to where I did in my sporting career. Obviously, the other two would be having that family support and they're very much centered stage to me getting there. Obviously, I've come from a sporting background anyway, but however, obviously, my family 
didn't get to the heights that I did, but I think that's another proponent to why I got to where I was. And then obviously I grew up in a time where I think people were of looking at to improve their health, their fitness. And I think we discussed this off air. I think subconsciously it's built the base layer of obviously all the learning that I've subsequently gone on to do. And it's kind of become subconsciously probably the being that I am. And that's the essence. And then to kind of carry on from my career, uh, like the early days, I'd always wanted to become a professional athlete of some kind. Okay, that's, I know that's a little bit of a generalization. I think every young child wants to have that, have that goal or want to achieve that. Okay, it's not always realistic to probably uh, achieve that. And I think it, what probably, it wasn't until I was in my teens, I probably reflected on upon well, okay, this goal is maybe a little bit tad overzealous and, and, and maybe I need to look at maybe another avenue to have a career in. Okay, luckily for me, that wasn't the case. It kind of, everything, kind of, the building blocks seem to fall in place. I think there's an element of luck within that. Okay, I did have probably some uh, essence of talent in the sports that I did. And I, and I think that's really me in a nutshell. And do you, did you ever feel that your disability held you back at all? I would say predominantly from my life, no, because I've always been that way inclined that I will look at it as early on in my elementary life. I, I was on the playground environment. I would see my peers on the monkey bars and I think my family said to me, they could, I was sitting on the side, but they could see me ticking over uh, in my brain retrospectively and probably looking at, well, how can I adapt this simple and I would say mundane task now so that I'm able to integrate with my peers? And I think within, I think of the top of my head, within maybe say a couple of days, I would have been back with them so I, I think yes it's been a limiting factor a little bit however I've never really let it get in my way the only case that I can think of where that wasn't the case was probably my teens but everybody has got probably one issue or another at that particular time in their life yeah. Oh, for sure. Especially in your teens. Are you kidding me? I think everybody goes through that. Now, like I said in the beginning of the interview when we got on, is that you're an Olympian. So can you talk about the sports that you did compete in? Because I know you've had a couple of different uh, sports throughout your career. So what sports have you competed in and which one was your favorite? Well, that's not an easy question. Um, in terms of the sports I've competed at an Olympic level, I competed in the Beijing 2008 uh, Games in Rowan. And then I made a, a, well, you could say a drastic change completely uh, in London 2012 to sit in volleyball. So I, if I kind of oversimplify this now, I kind of said to... Oh, you could say my entourage, my family, 
Um, I would never go from a, well, rowing was a, very much a, a, a double. So I had a, a partner involved. So you have to be in sync on the day competing. I, I said I would never go into a team environment or have anybody to rely on uh, ever again in sport. And then I kind of flipped that on its head and kind of, well, I, as you know, I, in London, I, I went, volleyball is very much a team game. So I very much contradicted myself and, and kind of, well, okay. I'll, I, I kind of saw it as maybe just a vehicle to, to get myself to, to another games uh, and then went from there. And then, but to kind of say where I actually came, the root of that came from, I actually started out as a swimmer. So I was very much not a loner, so to speak. It is a very much uh, reclusive sport. You're very much by yourself. Okay, you've got a team around you, but it's for you to execute all the training components and it's kind of I've kind of gone from one extreme to the other uh, and I think it's it's brought character along the way I've brought I've learned different skill sets and it's probably made me obviously the the person I am today and who's speaking to you I love that you are working on bridging the gap between disability and fitness and I think that is a much needed gap that needs to be filled. What got you, obviously you're, uh, an, you're an Olympian, you've been involved in sports your whole life, but that doesn't make someone a coach or make someone want to be able to help others. So what was it that you felt in yourself that you were like, okay, this is something I want to do. I want to help people with disabilities stay fit and be in the fitness world. Oh, Karen, I think you, are, you do ask a good question there. But I, I think it, it wasn't the case straight away, to be, to be fair to, to everybody. I was maybe not of, I won't say the right mind frame, but I was very much coming out of my sport, sporting career. I maybe looked upon it, in a negative way, I would say I kind of used my background to um, compare and contrast against others. It's more in essence if I use maybe say against an able-bodied person uh, just starting off their fitness uh, career and and, the, and just starting out in their in their journey. Uh, and maybe even even if they're more experienced, I, I, I kind of question, and this is why I didn't go straight off the bat and get into the fitness industry, is because I was very much of that mindset of, well, I can do it. What's your excuse? Whereas I think that's maybe the wrong um, way of going about it. And it's something that, I've de- well, I, I definitely probably, keep, I've kept it a little bit, but it's not as strong as it once was. It's very much, I think, once I went on to do my uh, PT training and they, t- they kind of taught you, you obviously you've got to t- treat the individual, sorry, as, a, as an individual that they are and you kind of tailor the program to them as opposed to tailoring the individual to the program, whereas I think that's how I was very much uh, the way of thinking when I was coming out of my career because I think because it's so structured and regimented that environment that's maybe why i was thinking like that because well i 
really in essence don't have a say as to what I have to train it's this is what it is this is what you're going to do today and bar injury illness mm-hmm. you're gonna to have to do it where so it's very much I had to change my whole mind frame as to okay this individual whatever their circumstances may not want to train like that uh secondly they may not have the knowledge base the hours behind it to be able to technically execute what I'm asking of them and obviously that's first of all is not very professional because you're putting them at risk you're putting other video if we're talking to the, the, the gym environment you're, you're putting them at risk uh, other people around them at risk um well, okay, that trainer doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So it's very much you've got to look at it, taking the 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 it for face value, and obviously asking people, well, what what is your your why? What do you want to get out of obviously the training? What are you looking at it, uh, doing with it? And, and very much building up more of a, a relationship as opposed to maybe the thinking I was at is well because of the background I'm come from, I'm not saying I got beasted all the time, but it's very much a component of our training. It's, at that level, you are at times going to put your body on the line. Whereas I think uh, depending on, you could say your, the person's psyche, mm-hmm. they're going to fall on a different spectrum. Some people may like that kind of training. Some people may loathe it. So you're working with a lot of different people from various backgrounds, probably more so than your average trainer. I think we can agree on that, right? I would say definitely. When you're working with this population, what has been something that has surprised you in a good way? Kind of working with more of the disability population. I think it stems back to when I was competing because you could see... Uh, each of those different individuals pushing themselves to the ex- well, not the extreme, but pushing what's termed is obviously what society would view as their ceiling, and then pushing beyond that. And I think when we come, when I come back into the general population, okay, I I, I know there is a re- realization that not everybody's going to achieve those heights, but I can kind of look at it. Well, okay, this is possible. You've just got to maybe tweak that mindset and look at it a different way. It's trying to better yourself and trying to get the best out of your body. So it's looking at the disability component as, okay, the this is not a great word. It's looking at more what is that person's ability and what are they actually capable of and pushing it at those extremes. Do you find that people with disabilities are often underestimated as far as their, like you said, ability to do things and maybe are sort of wrapped in cotton wool when they shouldn't be? Oh, that's, that's not, I think you could answer that different multitudes of ways. Um, I think it, it, would, it would vary with the individual. I would say, I think society's at fault for that because mm-hmm. it's that's, Assumption, oh, that person has a disability. Oh, let's uh, look after them. Whereas you wouldn't do that for an able-bodied mm-hmm. um, individual because you're going, you want them to learn and, and kind of um, express themselves. 
I think it would, if I use myself as the example, I think it would vary the situation. Uh, sometimes I might play on it, which is not a good thing, but, but that's maybe me being slightly lazy at that time. But most of the time, I'd rather you, you um, not model coddle me and, and, and kind of treat me as, as equal. I think, I think maybe it's the assumption that's okay because you have a disability you may not be, be capable of it, but then maybe you should look at it from a different mindset. Well, you haven't seen me do it, so why why would there be? Why is there no reason I'm not able to do it? Yeah, yeah. Trying to not underestimate someone, but rather look at what their abilities are and see what they can do, and kind of push those boundaries, just like you would with an able-bodied person. I would definitely agree you kind with of, that. You you sort of take stock of what level of fitness they're at. And then if that person wants to get stronger and faster and whatever their goals are, you have to be able to push them beyond what they think they can do. And I would assume the disability population is no different. Yes. I, I think maybe, I think they, like you, you have with the neighbor body of injury, they're going to fall on a diff, obviously that different levels of that spectrum and you would have pushed them accordingly. Mm-hmm. Okay. If the person is a recreational or national level athlete, I'm going to push them slightly a different way than I would say somebody starting out mm-hmm. because they've got those building blocks already in place. It's just fine tuning things. So I maybe the language that I would use would be well, it would definitely be slight. It would definitely be different. But that that because they're in that sporting environment already, they are used to. A certain sense of dialogue, whereas somebody that has never done sport entirely, and that has been the case with clients I've had in the past, it's not until, and I use one example now, he until he got his injury, did he look at getting into fitness. So it's interesting. I, I don't know why that was that he wanted to have that shift. It's maybe that was the um, precursor. Okay, I've had this unfortunate incident happen to me let me uh, kind of take a different course in my life and go down the, uh, the route of obviously what, what is health, health and well-being and, and kind of take a different course for my life. And Well, he's a teammate of mine in sport now. But mm-hmm. then you think of it now, oh gosh, what would it be? Three, four years ago, he was doing video games and things like that for his, well, you could say fitness. I, I, it is a little bit, but it's obviously it's a very much sedentary activity. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, Health IQ. Health IQ uses science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health-conscious people like runners, cyclists, strength trainers, and more. Like saving money on your car insurance for being a good driver, Health IQ saves you money on your life insurance for living a health-conscious lifestyle. These savings are exclusive to Health IQ, and you must qualify to get the special rate. To see if you qualify, get your free quote today at healthiq.com slash HWS. Now let's talk about fitamputee.co.uk. So that's your website. That's where you're working with clients. So, and, and you're sort of specialized in working with those with disabilities. So if there are other people out there who are inspired by what you're doing, what advice would you give to them 
to reach out to the disabled community and to start fitness programs for people that are maybe in their area? Um, I said the first of all advice is obviously what treat like I've said all along on this episode is treat them no differently than you would treat an able-bodied client. It's it at the end of the day, it's still a it's it's a human being. They're just a uh, well, they may have had a disability all their life, which is the case for me. Um, or they've newly acquired a disability. It's it's very much listening to the information that they give back you back to you which would be no differently than it would be no differently than if you were speaking to an able-bodied uh, okay there's going to be certain cues in terms of what they are able to do from a physical standpoint be it in a wheelchair cerebral palsy obviously with issues of balance um but it's only taking those on board it's it's if you take a an able-bodied perspective there's going to be times where somebody's weak in terms of balance anyway because they are becoming over dominant with be it their their le- well one leg stronger than the other which is always in most cases is not rare and trying to get that equilibrium and get that balance it's no different okay if we use the amputee analogy now okay that's going to be probably amplified now because I'm having to use the the good leg for a good proportion of loads of loads of factors because I don't have the other one so it's very much tailoring it that way but it's very much listening to of what's the overall goal in mind for that person and and, and that at the end of the day is the overriding factor really as opposed to tailoring the program so to speak to that individual to tailor to the disability it's more tailoring the the program to what the the goal is in mind so you could in in all honesty karen you could probably lump that population in with any, everybody else and put it under the niche of i don't know weight loss uh strength gain and kind of taking the the component of the disability out completely and putting them in a subgroup of what their overall goal goal is instead. Yeah, so you're tailoring to the goal and the person, not the disability. Exactly. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So now how are you implementing these programs? How are you finding your clients? What advice do you have for us? Um, I think this day and age, I think it's you could say it's more difficult, a little bit easier. I think very much if you are... Uh, tech, I won't say tech savvy, but technologically uh, able, it would be very much, if you have a website, it's utilizing the tools that you have at hand of social media, be it Twitter, Facebook, and using similar groups and seeing what, and this is no differently with with how you would probably go about it from an able-bodied perspective, is looking at what are the common themes of problems that people are having and coming about, well, what solution can you come up to that problem, which is very much problem solving and giving the resources to that population for them to find your website. Uh, your, your probably don't really need to have a website anymore with, with social media, but having your page on Facebook 
and them to be able to find you and then probably create that connection. Okay, they may not become a client, but you are giving that resource for them to utilize to better themselves. And then maybe down the line, you may get, obviously, through word of mouth. But I look at it maybe in simple terms as, okay, you've indirectly helped one individual, but be it that they've shared it or it's been in a group environment, you don't, in some essences, some people don't like or comment on a, on a, on a, on a feed, but they'll go and look at it. So you don't, it's, it's quite difficult in terms of, you don't know totally how many people that that's one resources actually help. So it's looking at it more, less so in an egotistical way that, okay, I want to get as many people on board from a business standpoint. I'm not, I'm not saying that's not a bad thing. It's probably good and bad, both bad, but it's trying to help people and trying to help that population at large the best the way that you can. So if you could implement, excuse me, a new of a new way of thinking that is not out there, obviously that's gonna help. Um and it's very much put giving those those resources to for people just to better their life. And it's looking at that's why people get into the fitness industry in the first place. You want to help people. I think maybe because it is so cutthroat and obviously you want to make business succeed you kind of sometimes deviate from that. So it's trying to come back to that initial um, essence as to why you got involved in the first place. Great advice. So kind of staying true to yourself and just really looking to help the people you want to help. So if there are people out there and they're looking to do something similar as you, kind of bridging that gap between disability and fitness, I think there's a lot of, it sounds like there's a lot of avenues out there that you can take advantage of to reach that audience because I really do think that this is a gap that needs to be filled. And so I, I think that you're kind of leading the charge here and it is much needed. Let's get to one of the last questions here and it's something that I ask all of my guests and that is knowing where you are now in your life and in your career, what advice would you give to your younger self uh, it's not an easy question then, Karen. I know, um, I know, I know. I think if we, because you, how you worded it off air, I say probably as a, well, you, 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 you got a good road ahead of you. That's for sure. That's for sure. What have I looked back to it? Oh gosh, what we know, almost fifteen years ago, mm-hmm. uh, to where I am now. You've, I've had, obviously have some ups and downs, but that's to be expected. You, you've. It, I've learned. I've probably, you, you will learn a lot of things along the way to the best of yourself. I, I think I've become obviously a more you, a more confident person. I'm I'm very much because of sport and the f- fitness industry. I've I've become not not exactly a, an extrovert, but probably somewhere in between. Whereas probably back then. I was very much introverted and, and kind of, I still go under the radar, but I would would be more inclined to wait in line, would wait for somebody to ask the question for me as opposed to taking the initiative and asking it myself. Push yourself, I would say, out of your comfort zone and be willing to 
ask those questions. I think, I think now that I've become more extroverted, I'm not afraid of getting those those answers. Where I think society is at, you know, the no's. It's that the knockbacks. It's like, well, it's having the realization that it may not be the right time frame for an individual, but not blaming them or looking upon themselves or what did I do wrong? It's more a case of it's looking at the positives and things where I think maybe when I was slightly younger and I could generalize and say probably population at large would be they are knocked back by people saying no to them, being afraid to, uh, to ask those questions. Whereas I think of the mindset now, if somebody says no to me, or it's not the right time. Okay. That's fair enough. I'm not going to stress about it. Uh, you move on. Uh, In more cases than none, that that individual probably will come back to you later down the line, as opposed to you going after it. So I think, I think it's definitely changing the psyche as you, 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 you planted a seed within them and you're uh, getting them to acknowledge not acknowledge that you exist, but you are putting yourself out there to, to be acknowledged. And then if it comes a point where it's that person is ready, uh, be it from a fitness standpoint to work with you, they'll come and find you. Absolutely. And I think that's great advice for anyone. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there because, you know, as a wise five-year-old once told me, if you never ask the question, the answer is always no. Now, if someone wants to get in touch with you, find out more about you, what is the best way to do that? Well, that's, that's probably an easy question. Now, um, In terms of that, you can find me on Twitter, um, gosh, Facebook. I've got a podcast like we're on. What's the podcast? Uh, the podcast is The Mindset Game. Perfect. And we will have, just so everyone knows, so you'll have to go to the show notes uh, we will have links to all of James's, his Twitter account and Facebook and podcast and website. I know I mentioned the website earlier, and that is fitamputee.co.uk. So we will have everything. One click will take you to all the things, to everything you need to know about James. Well, almost everything. So James, thank you so much for sharing your time, and, and I really appreciate your coming on. So thank you. The pleasure has been all mine, Karen. And everyone, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you all as well. Have a great day and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. A huge thanks to James for coming on. He is doing such great work. And like I said, my first Olympian. Very, very excited about that. And of course, I want to thank the sponsor for today's episode, Health I. Q. So again, they use science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health conscious people. They are rated at 9.6 out of 10 on Trustpilot, which means their customers love them. And I'm very excited that they have sponsored today's episode. So to see if you qualify to get your free quote, go to healthiq.com slash HWS to see if you can get lower rates on your life insurance. So everybody, thanks so much for listening and have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.